0: YW news radio original podcasts If you've seen any superhero movie recently, doesn't matter if it's DC or Marvel, you've probably been introduced to the multiverse. The idea of alternate realities makes for a great movie or TV show, but could they exist in real life? The standard model of how the universe developed
1: is being challenged so we're talking about billions and billions and billions.
0: possibilities for the universe. Paul Halpern is a professor of physics at St. Joseph's University, and he wrote a book called The Allure of the Multiverse, where he takes a more scientific approach to the idea of parallel universes. And that is called The Many
1: Worlds Interpretation of Quantum Mechanics by Hugh Everett. It implies that there are, you know, myriad parallel universes out there and that we're constantly branching.
0: I'm Matt Leon, and on this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers, make memories during Happy Honda Days. We're talking with Paul Halpern about how the multiverse ties into actual science, what it could look like if it does exist, and why people are so fascinated by the idea. So let's start, before we kind of dig into the ideas behind the book, the allure of the multiverse why did you want to write the book and how what's kind of the origin story for how you decided to to pull the trigger and go ahead with it? Well, I feel that I'm in a unique position because I've been a lifelong fan
1: of science fiction since I was a teenager. I've read science fiction books, people like Isaac Asimov, Ray Bradbury, and so forth. And that kind of inspired me in a way to go into science. But when I did my PhD, I worked in Einstein's theory of general relativity. So I was looking at alternative ideas about the universe in science. And amazingly, Einstein's theory has numerous solutions very offbeat solutions, and I studied for my PhD a strange solution of the universe in which the universe, instead of expanding in all directions in the Big Bang, contracts in certain directions and does funny things in the process of development. So I'm very familiar with alternative ideas in science as well as alternative histories in literature.
0: How long did it take you to write the book, and what was your process?
1: Well, I did a lot of interviews for my book, The Allure of the Multiverse, and I tried to talk to people who were both pro and con the idea of other universes. And some of the responses I got were very surprising because some of the hard-headed astrophysicists were very keen on the idea of a multiverse and saw that as a natural extension of our own universe. And then on the other hand, there were people who I thought were more um, far-reaching more uh, inventive, who were absolutely against the idea of a multiverse and thought it was absolutely ridiculous to even talk about it. So I got many different responses. And aside from the interviews, I looked at oral histories, I looked at archives, I read a lot, and I also watched films and looked at some of the cultural ideas, read books, and tried to balance the science with the cultural notion of why we're interested in alternative histories. The long-time question of what
0: if. So when I think multiverse, my understanding or how it is in my mind is basically how it's been developed in comic books. And, you know, specifically with the DC universe, you had Earth-1, you had Earth-2, you had all these different types of Earth, and they were all same tree, different branches. You know, like there was a Superman on each one, but it was a little different in each universe. When you say multiverse, is that what you're talking about? Is that one aspect of what you're talking about? Kind of just dig into the concept of the multiverse. Well,
1: interestingly enough, there are big differences between the scientific idea of multiverses and what people think about when they think about parallel universes, And I think the big attraction to people of the idea of a multiverse or parallel universes is wondering what would happen if they made different decisions in their lives. So people only have one life to live, as far as we know, but it's fun to imagine what would happen if during key junctures in our lives, like, for example, deciding on a certain job or deciding on a certain college or who we end up Uh, married to or being a partner with? What if we made a different decision at that point? Or what if we never met certain people in our lives? It's interesting to imagine what would have happened in these different parallel branches. Now, in science, we don't really look look at individuals. We look at uh, first of all, either quantum processes, which happen on a subatomic level and are very, very subtle, so they don't really affect people's lives directly. They might affect people in the long term, but they're very, very microscopic processes that are very uh, subtle and don't really make a huge difference. Or on the other end, we talk about universes that emerge possibly at the same time as the Big Bang or at different times, and kind of look like our universe but might end up with different fates. So, for example, our universe is about 13.8 billion years old. What would happen if another universe developed and it was uh, had a stronger gravitational field, had a greater mass or had a lot less mass, and expanded at a different rate because of that— It could have collapsed very quickly, or it could be expanding so quickly that no stars or galaxies could have
0: formed. So those are alternative scenarios that scientists think about. When you say allure in the title, what do you mean? I mean, I know what the word means, but is it just the the idea that whether it is from a science or a cultural idea, we're just kind of intoxicated with this idea of something else? Alongside us, well, it's kind of a temptation both
1: in you know our lives to think about alternatives. And I know people in their day to day lives often talk about what would happen if they weren't in a certain place at a certain time, especially in terms of their uh, relationships, in terms of their jobs, or in terms of accidents—things that happen that are bad—they happen to miss them or medical incidents. What if? They had made a different decision in an emergency. These are things that think, people think about all the time. So there's a natural temptation to talk about these things, to talk about these parallel branches of time. And in physics, the allure is something different. It's that we might be able to solve some of the fundamental problems in physics by imagining that our universe is one of many, that there's kind of a collection of universes all with different properties. And the fact that we're here narrows that giant collection down to a single one, to a single universe. And that's called the anthropic principle. The idea that the fact that we're here means that the universe could only develop in a particular way. But then we have to wonder about all the universes that are out there that develop differently, that don't have intelligent life, that don't have people. They just wouldn't be talking
0: about themselves how could we learn if there's other universes quote unquote like ours i mean is it a is it a physics question is it a discovery question is it a timing question
1: well interestingly enough in cosmology there's a suggestion that early on In the universe in our universe what we observe that there's a possibility that our universe collided with other universes now we wouldn't see that today we wouldn't be able to take a spaceship and go out to another universe because the distances are immense and the universes have expanded so much that it would be impossible for us to contact another universe today. We would have to travel faster than the speed of light, which is absolutely impossible. But in the early universe, there are scars of how the universe developed. And those scars are found in light signals that are all around us, a kind of static hiss that fills up the universe that's called the cosmic microwave background radiation. And there is a theory that there might be imprints on that radiation from collisions between our universe and other universes very early on in their histories.
0: Is there any overlap in the scientific talk of a multiverse, the physics talk, and kind of the cultural? Or are they completely kind of separate ideas? The
1: overlap comes in quantum physics because aside from the cosmic idea of a multiverse, the idea that there might have been other big bangs out there and that we're somehow in a sea of bubble universes, that's a cosmic idea, there's also an idea in quantum physics that has to do with the nature of observation. So in quantum physics, when somebody takes a measurement, they get a fixed result, Now, before they take the measurement, there might be an array of results. For example, an electron, which is a particle with a negative charge, a very tiny particle, could be in a number of positions, but then when a scientist takes a measurement, that scientist finds a very particular position for the electron. And that is true for many quantum properties. The orthodox idea of quantum physics is that the process of measurement itself is what fixes the properties. It narrows down the properties. And that's called the process of quantum collapse. But there's a problem with that, is that you need a human observer. Well, nature should operate on its own. Why do you need people? And the fact is that people are full of atoms themselves. They're full of these subatomic particles. So in 1957, a very smart young man uh, who was studying theoretical physics, Hugh Everett came up with the idea that instead of these quantum functions collapsing down to a single value, they still contain a range of values, but somehow us, our lives, have many parallel branches, and each branch sees a different version of that reality, a different version of of the measurement result. So in other words, one version of us taking a measurement of an electron would see it, let's say, uh, one centimeter to the left of a detector. Another version might see it one centimeter to the right of the detector. And the two branches would bifurcate, and neither of them would know about each other's existence. And each one would be convinced that they're the same person, that they're the continuation of the original person and each would be convinced that the electron was in a different position. And that is called the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics by Hugh Everett. And that is something that some physicists believe in today and some think is a a terrible idea because it implies that there are, you know, myriad parallel universes out there and that we're constantly branching.
0: We will have more with Paul Halpern about his book, The Allure of the Multiverse, coming up. But first, it's the holiday season, folks, and the holidays mean different things to everyone. But whatever the holidays mean to you, get the most out of it in a new vehicle from our friends at Honda. Whether it's traveling to the holiday family dinner in a spacious, efficient Accord hybrid, or heading to a hike to burn it off in a powerful, adventure-ready CR-V hybrid, your holiday adventure awaits with a new Honda during Happy Honda Days. Contact your local Honda dealer today. And now let's continue our conversation with Paul Halpern, author and professor of physics at St. Joseph's University. His new book is The Allure of the Multiverse. In writing the book, give me one or two things that you were most fascinated to dig into, either concepts or ideas or discussions. You talked about the interviews. What are a couple of the things that stood out to you that either you just found interesting or that really challenged your thinking or belief on the concept? Well, one thing that's very interesting
1: is that the standard model of how the universe developed is being challenged. And it's being challenged because there's so many possibilities for values of the fundamental constants of the universe. And no one knows how to narrow these down So we're talking about billions and billions and billions of possibilities for the universe. And it's unclear how we can narrow down all these possibilities and say, well, why is the universe exactly the way it is? Why is it fit for the development of stars, planets, galaxies, and so forth? And one natural answer to that is to say, well, maybe we're an array of bubble universes and that from this array... Uh, One of them is suitable for life, suitable for intelligence, and that's why we're here talking about it. But all of the others are unsuitable, and people wouldn't even know about these because intelligent life never had the opportunity to develop there. So the thing that's a little bit frustrating is why aren't there other ways in physics to narrow these things down? And that is a big frustration among physicists And some think that that will happen eventually, that a theory of everything will be developed that doesn't require other universes. But then others say, wait a minute, why fight this idea? This is a brilliant idea about parallel universes. Just go with it and don't worry about the other parallel universes. Just say, well, as long as we get a
0: result that's consistent with what we observe today, it's fine. What do you think? And you can go from the science or the cultural if we were to discover there was a parallel universe, 100% true, what do you think or could it look like?
1: Well, uh, strangely enough, it wouldn't be a universe where you'd find alternative versions of Spider-Man or alternative versions of The Flash or Batman, as in the comic books, you know, and the uh, Marvel comic universe. More um, soberly, it would be something like we'd find out that there's some kind of scar or glitch in our microwave background that shows that there was another universe that collided with ours, but we would never be able to contact the universe. So it would be kind of strange to know that there's another universe out there that developed along with ours, but we have no way of reaching it or contacting it as far as we know.
0: Did this process of writing the book, what did it do to you as a person? I don't mean the process of editing and all that, but the the learning, the the thought exercises, the discussions, do you feel like it stretched you out as a a physicist and as an educator? I always enjoy
1: interviewing other physicists and getting their perspective, and it was interesting to me to hear reactions. I talked to an eminent physicist named Stanley Deser, who, um, had, as it turned out, was in his final months of life, and I didn't know that at the time. And I interviewed him by email, and I said, what do you think of the multiverse? And he said, uh, basically, there, to paraphrase him, there's enough suffering in our universe. <laughs> who needs alternative universes? So I thought that was very interesting. But then I interviewed another eminent physicist Virginia Trimble, who's an astrophysicist, and I thought she'd be very hard-headed and sort of conservative about this, but she said, look, you know, we didn't think that there were other be other solar systems out there. And then at the time of Galileo, they started discovering other stars, and then eventually they discovered planets around these other stars, and we discovered that there are other galaxies. So the natural extension of that is... Maybe there are other universes out there that we don't know about.
0: What do you think, and I, this might be kind of a dovetail off this, but I feel like it's it's kind of connected. I'm of the thought process, and not from a science standpoint, but just our universe, if there are other is so vast, I've always found it hard to believe that we could be it when it comes to intelligent life. What do you think about that? Because like I said, I just play the numbers that – We're talking so many planets, stars, everything. It's just hard for me to believe that we're the only ones that could develop. Interestingly enough, when I was a child and when a
1: lot of people, you're middle-aged now, were children, uh, the only planets we knew about were in our own solar system. But then starting in the 1990s, scientists started discovering these exoplanets around other stars. And now we found thousands and thousands of planets around other stars in our sector of the galaxy alone. So we believe that there are likely trillions of planets out there. So I would agree that it's very likely that there are other forms of life or even intelligent life out there uh, that we don't know about. But the distances in space are so vast that it's possible that we're just not... Picking up the signals of intelligent life, or let alone able to uh, interact with these life forms. What do you think it would do to the human race if we were to learn? I think we, if we were to meet other forms of intelligent life, it would be very humbling, uh, especially if the other forms of life were uh, superior to us in some ways. But it's unimaginable what other forms of life will be like. We can only speculate. Uh, we don't know if we'd be able to communicate with these other forms of life. Uh, so it's, it's, a really, it's really an open question now, but it's a very exciting question. Of course, as Stephen Hawking pointed out, the late physicist, that if we encounter other forms of life, they may want to colonize us or exploit us. But others have been more optimistic and said, well, maybe they'll have some kind of compassion for the human race and maybe even
0: nurture the human race. Are we in from a discovery standpoint? Because you mentioned, like, you know, we were kids, nine planets, that was the focus of most. But, you know, first with Hubble and now with the James Webb telescope, we're getting a lot of these pictures, and you talk about we're learning all this thing, all these things. Are we kind of in a golden age of learning about the universe? And could we see significant developments over the next few years just because we're able to open doors now that, we not only couldn't open before, but maybe we didn't even know existed?
1: Yes. Cosmology and planetary science, which are two different fields, two parts of astronomy, are both in golden ages, thanks to the James Webb Space Telescope and other instruments. It's very, very exciting. For example, scientists have been discovering galaxies that are fully developed that look similar to the Milky Way at an incredibly distant time in the past, which is overthrowing a lot of theories of galaxy development. So it's unclear the direction cosmology will take because we used to think it would take billions of years from the Big Bang for modern galaxies to develop. And now we're looking back in time and seeing fully formed galaxies well back in time, well in the past. So it might mean that somehow the universe is older than thought, was thought or that development takes place at a faster rate. So that is very exciting. And the science of discovering planets is also moving at a rapid pace. So for young people today, getting into anything having to do with astrophysics, astronomy,
0: cosmology is a very exciting field right now. And that's one of the things, because I've heard it talked about, and as you just mentioned, like when you talk about like seeing other things and we're talking about you're almost kind of looking back in time and that's hard for me to get my my head around like how does that work like i i think i understand it but then i don't think i understand it like we're, we're actually in a way looking back at time at things that happen light takes
1: a certain amount of time to travel and we don't really see that on earth because signals on earth almost seem instantaneous But when we talk about going to the nearest stars and then to other galaxies and so forth, for stars, we're talking about at least four years to the closest star other than the sun. And then light takes um, many, many years in even billions of years to go to some of the distant galaxies. So because light takes so long to travel, when we look at distant things, we're looking very far back in time. Now, we can't really do that on Earth, which is kind of ironic. We can't really look back on Earth at a television snapshot of the 19th century, but we can look at other galaxies as they appeared billions of years ago, which is really remarkable.
0: Is it possible we could learn something, whether it's multiverse, you know, within our own universe, and I don't know what that thing would be that just completely flips our understanding of space and time completely on its head and changes the way we look at everything?
1: Yes, I think cosmology is developing very rapidly right now, and some of the discoveries by the James Webb Telescope are overthrowing preconceptions, uh, such as the fact that we find galaxies that are, you know, so developed and so old. Uh, so I think there's go- there are going to be a lot of changes in the next few years about um, at least with how galaxies form, but maybe about how the universe itself forms. And that might lead to new speculation or new ideas about not only universe models, but the possibility that our universe developed alongside other universes. In other words, a multiverse model is a possibility
0: in the coming years. So it's a very, very exciting time for science. The Allure of the Multiverse is the book. We are recording this in early December. I know it comes out in January. People are interested. uh, What should they do? People
1: can buy uh, my book if they're interested in my book from various sites, online sites, independent bookstores, chain bookstores. So it should be out everywhere in
0: January. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in Depth, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers. Make memories during Happy Honda Days. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.